Good morning, and welcome to our Savior's Church. I'm Pastor Jacob Aranza, and along with my beautiful wife, Michelle, and I, we have the privilege of leading our Savior's Church, which is now six campuses spread all across Acadiana and other churches that we planted all across the state of Louisiana. But what a joy it is to be invited right in to your home. Last week, we began a new series called Hope Has a Name. Last week's message was entitled, Hope in the Storm. Today's message is entitled, Hope in the Fire. You say, Pastor, what what do you mean by hope in the fire? Well, as you know, all of us, one of our greatest joys is to be able to share our faith with family, friends, and loved ones. But oftentimes, God doesn't allow us to share our faith He actually allows us to show our faith. As a matter of fact, this book is filled with people who not only shared it, but they also showed it. Today, we want to look at the story of three amazing young men who in a dark foreign culture, far from God, stood and allowed their hope to be tested by fire. Let me set up the story for you. It was thousands of years ago in what is now Iraq, then called Babylon. The king, one of the most powerful kings in the world at that time, his name was Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had invaded Jerusalem and brought back a number of Hebrew slaves. When they came, he even changed their Hebrew names from Hebrew names to Babylonian names. Now, he had built an enormous idol, 90 foot tall. And many of these men, many of you know the story of Daniel in the lion's den. The story I'm going to read to you today is recorded by Daniel himself. Daniel was one of those. He became a counselor. And these three men that we're going to speak of today were also close confidants and counselors known to the king. But others in his kingdom came and said, O king, you've built this beautiful 90-foot golden statue, and now you've commanded all the people to worship when the music is played and the symphony begins. But O king, there's men in your kingdom that will not bow to your God. The king was upset. He said, Who are they? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. At that The king ordered that they be brought to him immediately. And here's where we pick up our story in Daniel 3, 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you will not serve my gods nor worship the golden image that I have built? Now, if you are ready, at the time that you hear the sound of the horn and the flute and the lyre and the psaltery and the symphony with all kinds of music, if you will fall down and worship the image which I have made good. In other words, I'm giving you another chance. But if you do not worship, you should be cast immediately into the middle of a burning, fiery furnace. And what God will deliver you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O king, we have no need to answer you in this matter. 
If that's the case, our God who we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your God, nor will we worship the gold image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury. The expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who he had been endeared to. And he spoke and commanded that they heat the fiery furnace seven times hotter than it was usually heated. He commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. And these men were bound in their coats and their trousers and their turbans and all of their garments were tied up and they were cast in the middle of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot, the flame actually killed the men who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to throw them into fire. They burned. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound, tied up in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste, and he spoke, and he looked at his counselors, and he said, wait, I'm looking in the fire. Didn't we cast three men, and weren't they bound in the middle of the fire? And they answered and said, King, true, O king. Look, he answered. I see four men, and they're not bound, they're loosed. And they're walking in the middle of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth one looks like the Son of God. What an amazing story. What an amazing story this book tells of three boys in a foreign nation who were still not willing to bow to a foreign God. What does this story of these three Hebrew boys being cast in the fire reveal about their lives? I believe that it reveals the same thing that it does about our lives as we go through fiery trials and difficulties. The first thing that it reveals is our foundation. That's right, our foundation. Remember what they said in Daniel 3.16? We have no need to answer you in this matter. Well, what do you mean? If the option was either you bow or we throw you in the fire, wasn't there a discussion among the three of them? Not at all. You see, it's a joy when you know the answer before you even hear the question. When God owns your life, it brings clarity to every other area of your life. You know what your morals are. You know what your standards are. You know how you're going to honor God with your giving. You know how you're going to honor God with your heart and your mind. You know how you're going to treat your neighbor. Because you have made God and his word the first priority of your life. Those Hebrew boys knew what the first commandment was. You shall have no other gods before you. They'd heard it all of their life. They didn't need to answer. They were not bending. They were not bowing, even if it meant they might be burning. Here's the second thing that fires reveal our faith. That's right. <laughs> well, what faith they had. In Daniel 3, 17, remember they answered and said, our God is able to deliver us 
from the burning fiery furnace and will deliver us, O king, out of your hand. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the image of the God of gold that you have set up. Our God, they said, can deliver us from the fire, and our God can deliver us through the fire. You see, young faith often has to be delivered from. God, if you don't answer this prayer, God, if I lose my job, God, if I don't know what I'm going to do, then you're not there. But mature faith says, God can deliver me through the fire. Through the fire. 1 Peter 4.12, Peter speaks of this kind of faith. Listen to what he says. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test you. That is to test the quality of your faith as though something strange or unusual was happening to you. You see, God knows that as we walk through these moments, transformation happens in our life. Priorities are made clear. Things that were very foggy all of a sudden become very clear to us. C.S. Lewis, the former atheist, who became one of the greatest spokesmen for the Christian faith of the last hundred years, was asked, why do the righteous suffer? His reply was, well, that's easy. They're the only ones who can take it. You see, hope that believes God can and also expects that he will, but even believes even if he doesn't. What is the third thing that fire reveals to us? Our friends. Yeah, our, our friends. Daniel 3.18, Daniel we don't know which one of the three Hebrew children was speaking for them, or if they all spoke at once. But someone said, let it be known to you, our king, we do not serve your gods. Let me share something with you. That's a big we. That we meant the difference between safety and danger. It meant the difference between life and death. You've often heard me say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Real friends are seen in the fires of life. True friendship is not just we have history. We went to school together. We were friends. We grew up next to each other. We married friends. True friendship is not just about history. It's about your destiny. You see, God-given friends are willing to walk with you through the fires of life. God's friends are given to help you stand on God's promises until you fulfill God's purposes for your life. Here's the fourth thing those fires reveal, our freedom. You go, Pastor, how in the world could this be freedom? These men were tied up. They were thrown in the fire. They were under the authority of a king. What freedom did they have? Look what the scripture says. The king says, didn't we cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said, true, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loosed and they're walking in the middle of the fire and they're not even hurt. You see, when we are walking 
with God and we hold on to our hope, then what binds and blinds others causes you and me to see and be free. In this season, priorities are seen clearly. In this season, many things that people are bound by, by God's grace, he's freed us from. You see, as a child of God, when you walk through the fires of life, it's the pain that results in progress. I become more like Jesus. You are walking through what others might even be destroyed by, and you are progressing. You see, as a child of God, walking in hope, you don't have to be out of the fire to be free from the fire. The fifth thing that it revealed was our Father's love. The love that He had for them, just like the love that He has for you and me. You see, Daniel 3.25 says this, the king says, hold it. I threw three people bound. I see four people free. And the form of the fourth one is like the Son of God. What does that mean? That means that when your heavenly Father lets you go through the fire, all it means is He's getting in the fire with you. Our promise as children of God is not that we won't walk through fires. It's that we never have to go through them alone. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you even to the ends of the earth. You ever felt like it? you were at the end of yourself? I, I have. You ever felt like that recently? I have. Remember, if you're in the fire, there is a fourth person in the fire with you. With you. And as you walk with him by faith, then what has bound you, things that you've wrestled with, God will purge you and purify you in this season and bring you liberty and freedom in your life than you've ever known. Here's the last thing that it brings to us. The fires bring to us our Father's favor. You say, Pastor, what kind of favor that these guys have? Favor is God inclines people to do for us what they wouldn't do for anybody else because he's doing something for us that he's not doing for anybody else around. In Daniel 3.26, as the king sees them walking through the fire, listen to what he says. Then Shadrach, then, then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and he spoke saying, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. Now remember, he was furious with them because they hadn't obeyed anything that he said. Because they looked at him and said, we won't bow to your God and our God can deliver us from your hand. But now, the same man that cast them in the fire is now calling them out of the fire. You see, God, through the favor of God, will call people and cause people who have been your enemies and thrown you in the fires of life to call you out and bring you into the favored areas of life. 
Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the midst of the fire. And you can go and read the rest of the story. The Bible says that when they came out, their hairs were not singed. Their clothes were not burned. They didn't smell like smoke. And the only thing that changed is what they had bound them with. They were now free from. They didn't look like what they'd experienced. They didn't smell like what they'd experienced. You see, when we walk through the fires of life, we become God's favored. He shows up with us. Job after going through the most difficult things in his life, losing the most precious things in his life, at the end of the book of Job says, I have heard about you with the hearing of my ears, but now, God, my eyes have seen you. It is in the fire that we see God, his strength, and his glory. Today, I don't know what you're walking through. I know what we're walking through as a nation. I know what we're walking through as a region but I don't know if you've lost your job. I don't know if a family member is ill. I, I don't know where your children are. You may be one of the many struggling with a family member in addiction or anxiety or depression or fear. But today, I want you to know that there is a God who wants to walk through the fire with you. That he not only wants you to be able to share how good he is, but also to show how good he is. Could I pray for you? Could I pray for you right now in your family, in your circumstances, in your situation? I, I don't know where today finds you, but I know that there's a God who's willing to get in the fire with you. Let's pray. Father, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, that fourth man that comes in every fire, that one who comes and meets us in every storm, that one who takes what the enemy means for evil and turns for good in our lives, that allows fires to purify us so that we can glorify you. I pray for every single individual that's watching now, mother, father, sister, brother, grandmother, grandfather, aunt, uncle, neighbor, friend, all of them you want to call one thing, child, beloved, which means most loved. Comfort them. Holy Spirit, we call upon you now to come right where they are. Jesus, you said in John 14, when the disciples were terrified because you were leaving, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Cover every single precious person, every child of God with your peace, that you will carry them even through life's fires. In Jesus' name. Amen. Today, the greatest fire that all of us hear about growing up <laughs> is to live with a Christless eternity in hell. You know, people have often asked me, Pastor Jacob, what is, what is hell like? So I want to answer that question for you. 
The Bible tells us that God is love, God is light, and God is life. So hell is for people who say, God, I do not want you ruling my life. I want to do what I want to do. Like our story today, I want to bow down to my own gods. And when you live that way to the end of your life, God answers your prayer. He sends you a place where there is no love. There's just hate. There's no light. There's just darkness. There's no life. There's just death. And yes, there is the fires of hell and torment. Hell is a real place, and it's just as real as heaven. You say, Pastor, I I thought you wanted to encourage me today. I do want to encourage you. Because Jesus visited that place so you would never have to go there. That's right. Jesus went and faced and defeated death, hell, and the grave so that you would never have to go there. That's right. But Pastor, how, how can I have that kind of relationship with God? It's very simple. Jesus told us in John chapter 3, unless a man or woman is born again, they won't see the kingdom of heaven. He said, unless a man or woman was born again, they wouldn't enter into the kingdom of heaven. So the moment that you are born again, you go from spiritual death to spiritual life. You transfer your citizenship from hell to heaven. And just as we celebrated Easter, where Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, though you and I have been spiritually dead, when we trust Christ as our Lord and Savior by faith, we are raised from the spiritually dead. Have you been born again? People get often confused in our area and think somehow Jesus came to make bad people good. Not true. Jesus came to make spiritually dead people live. And every person has been spiritually dead from Adam and Eve's first bite in the garden to today, every individual born is born spiritually dead. That's why Jesus' first command to a very religious leader named Nicodemus in John chapter 3 is, you must be born again. Have you been born again? You say, Pastor, how can, how can I do that? I've been christened, I've been baptized, I've joined the church. Isn't that good enough? That's a great start. But it's not what Jesus said. He said in John 3, 3, unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. So, Pastor, what do I need to do? A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe that Jesus Christ became your sin bearer and he died for your sin so you wouldn't have to die with your sin. C, confess Christ as your Lord and Savior as you turn away from sin to be born again. Today can be your spiritual birthday. Today, you can transfer your citizenship from hell to heaven. Today, you can go from spiritual death to spiritual life by trusting Christ by faith is your Lord and Savior. If that's what you'd like, I want you to pray a prayer with me right now. I want you just to repeat it right after me. Okay? I'm going to bow my head and I'm going to pray. And if that's what you want, if you want to be born again, then I want you to pray with me right now. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my guilt, my sin, and my shame, and you died for it. 
I believe you faced hell for me so I would not have to go. And that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn away from sin to be born again as you commanded. So today, come on, say that with me. Today, God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. And I'm born again in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed to be born again with Pastor Jacob, congratulations. And we would love to help you on your next step. All you have to do is text the word Connect OSC to the number 41411. Connect OSC to 41411. Somebody from our team is going to reach out to you, and we just want to help you on your spiritual journey. Thank you again for your continued support and your generosity during this crucial time. If you'd still like to give, you can text the word OSC family to the number 77977 or go to OurSaviorsChurch.com. Click the word give, or you can always mail it to the address that's on your screen. Don't forget to join us tonight uh, for Unite 714 on Facebook Live as we're praying to eradicate this disease. And one more thing, special announcement, new service times next weekend, Saturday, 6 p.m. Central, Sunday, 8 and 10 Central. Thanks again. God bless you. And we'll see you next week.